Hello, this is Catherine, so I know I need to stop talking. Hello, lovelies, how are we doing? It's Christmas! I mean, it's not Christmas, but it is Christmas. Unlike last week's podcast, where I was very much of the it's too soon crowd, too soon every time I heard a Christmas song. I am now so embracing the whole festive spirit. In fact, I wore my sparkly jumper that some of you might remember that I bought my age 13 to 14 pink sparkly jumper that I bought from Tesco's recently because it was pink and it was sparkly and what's not to love I wore that yesterday on Friday which means that Christmas as far as I'm concerned is officially here I've already listened to Slade circa 10 million times I reckon I might write a Christmas song I was thinking this to myself and then it turned out Mr I know I need to stop talking had had the same idea despite the fact we're not really songwriters we don't see that as a barrier. I mean, if a song about sausage rolls can be Christmas number one for three years in a row, I think writing a Christmas number one, I think that could be a very nice little retirement plan. So um, I'm going to have to work out quite what my, my Christmas are. Festive flaps. There we go. Look at that. We've got a song title. Look, this is all about kind of like spontaneous creativity. Festive flaps. You heard it here first. Coming to you for Christmas very soon probably, almost definitely. So yeah, I'm fully embracing Christmas spirit. We have Christmas decorations going up tonight. We have a definite division of opinion in this household on the kind of like purpose and sense one should be conveying through Christmas decorations. So Mr. I know I need to stop talking over the many years we've been together has invested and built up a set of beautiful, tasteful, stylish, matching and coordinated Christmas decorations and they are very beautiful and they are so not how I feel one should be decorating for Christmas even slightly because my version of Christmas decorations is to decorate as though Christmas has thrown up all over your house. We've had a big argument for years about tinsel. Me and Mr. I know I need to stop talking. His argument is it's tacky. My argument is I know and that's why we need it up at Christmas. So a couple of years ago marital harmony was reached so in our main living room we have Mr. I know I need to stop talking's terribly tasteful gold and shades of umber is umber a thing have i made is umber a color am i thinking of amber is amber and umber a color umber amber oh my goodness god christmas is getting to me it's umber a thing right well i'm gonna go and google that immediately immediately after this umber amber doesn't make sense does it goodness the things the things you don't even think about until they come into your head well maybe he's got both umber and amber on his tree gonna try try and say that quickly three times in a row umber amber uh oh it could be a line in the christmas song again look at this we're creating as we speak uh so yeah mr i know i need to stop talking street very very tasteful regardless of whether it's umber or amber and it's beautiful and it looks lovely and then you kind of you walk through the house that's the first thing you see it's the beautiful lovely beautiful tree and then you walk kind of through the kitchen and into my my room, which I think I mentioned before. We we still haven't we still haven't named it. We still haven't named it because it's it's like it's where the garage was. It's like a garage conversion. And Mr. I know I need to stop talking. Wants to call it a snug, but I think that makes it sound like wankers. Uh, so we've we've kind of not really concluded on a name. Although my dad did suggest he said maybe maybe you could name it after you know often you have suites of rooms named after after people who have died. So he said maybe you could call it the Nana Cook Suite. So maybe I'm in the Nana Cook Suite, aka the converted garage, aka the place where the fucking Christmas magic happens because you walk through the lovely tasteful part of our house and you walk into my room and it's like Christmas has vomited everywhere. And it's absolutely, in my opinion, how Christmas should be. I have my own tree. It's pink, but it's not just pink. Because that would be like coordinated. Sorry, not the tree is pink. That might be, oh, no, now I'm thinking maybe I need a pink tree. No, the tree is green, but the decorations are pink and other colours. Because why coordinate when you can throw any random fucking shit on your tree? There's tinsel as far as the eye can see, and I absolutely fucking love it. It looks dreadful. It would win no home decor interior competitions whatsoever. 
I don't spread my decorations out evenly. I sometimes control yourself, Christmas pedants. I put the big fucking Christmas decorations at the top of the tree. I know. What kind of an animal am I? I fucking love it. I fucking love... Oh, I love the madness and the total distaste of my Christmas celebration. So there'll be a shitload of tinsel filling up the Nanakook suite and it'll be it'll be marvellous and it'll be lovely. Yeah, love a, love a Christmas decoration, as do my fucking liabilities of cats. So I think I spent most of last Christmas, as I'm sure did most cat owners, picking my cats out of the Christmas tree and returning them to, to the ground. So let's hope if they go for, for that little plan again that they go for my Christmas tree which to be fair could probably get knocked over and put back up again and I'm not sure you would notice a difference as opposed to Mr I know I need to stop talkings where there's like there's like probably measurements between baubles and it looks very beautiful as a result and mine is is just chaos and that's probably a fair summing up of our relative approaches to life order and sensibility versus abject fucking chaos watch some Christmas films because it is the start of December so watch some Christmas films we watched Nativity last night I sob at Nativity and every year I've got a bit tearful just mentioning the film Nativity just now. I clearly have fallen and hit my head at some point. I genuinely, there's something about, now I, I'm not very good with small children and I don't really get into the whole, you know, sort of participating in activities at school and things like that. But there is something about a Nativity and there's something about the film Nativity with, with songs that I actually think are a genuinely good and b bear no resemblance to any kind of performance i've ever seen in an actual school nativity ever but let's not suspend the magic it's yeah it's something about it and i was getting to the end and i was sobbing and i was going to my children it's very sad and they were looking at me like i was a fucking idiot and going it fucking isn't it is there's a man in the audience in the film nativity who is is like watching it and he is like so into it he's singing along he's sobbing he has to hide his face in the tense parts he's cheering and dancing at the end that is me that is me in every live theatrical production including the school nativity ever i am so invested in the story you can see why i went to drama school can't you so yeah watch nativity and then we watched home alone this afternoon we watched both home alone one and home alone two and they just get progressively worse thereafter although beth continues to try and convince me that home alone four is the best christmas film ever it's not it's fucking not it's fucking awful but every time i watch the first home alone which you know that was that was kind of like our christmas film me and my sister loved that when we were little that's what we'd always watch in the run up to christmas as an adult Every time I watch it, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? You've got about 11 children there, half of whom at least are under 10, and you're telling me that you're lying in until 8am in the morning? I don't fucking think so. I'd have been up since 8pm the night before trying to get fuckers to go to sleep, lying in till 8am, where they get up and they go, oh, we overslept. Bullshit. Absolute fucking bullshit. You'd have been up since five, desperately waiting for the moment the American equivalent of CBBS turned on. I can assure you, sleeping until 8am. Absolute bullshit. So yeah, Christmas excitement. It's been a very exciting week all round. I've got a new carpet. I love new carpet so much so much so we had some of the floors done in the house and then we got new carpet for just for the stairs and the top landing and i love new carpet so much i just went and had a little lie down on it i just felt so happy that it was here smells fucking lovely doesn't it and then it got me thinking why are perfume manufacturers so uncreative when it comes to their smells because if there was a perfume that smelled of new carpet i legit would buy that i absolutely would buy new carpet perfume 100 percent. and then i thought well there's loads of other smells you could have isn't there like frying bacon 
that would be nice. I'd be attracted to somebody who's smart frying bacon. Um, unless it was like their skin that was on fire. That got dark quickly, didn't it? So yeah, frying bacon, as long as it came with a disclaimer that it wasn't you. What else smells nice? Like, oh, when you first strike a match, there's a lot of burning. I, I seem to be very attracted to smells of burning. I may have issues. But yeah, I just think there's a yeah lot, lack of creativity. Marzipan. You have a perfume that smells of marzipan. Who doesn't like marzipan? I know lots of you are now going to tell me that you don't like marzipan. Why? What's wrong with you? It's fucking lovely. Anyway, I digress. I've got new carpet. It's lovely. And the cats think it's one great big giant scratching post. So far from sitting there relaxing, enjoying my new carpet, I've spent most of the last few days since it was installed running out into the whole screaming, stop scratching that carpet! They don't listen. Like they listen. They're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, we'll pretend we're going to stop scratching it fucking idiot we'll just wait till you go to sleep then we'll jump in through the window where we scale the side of the house and we'll scratch the hell out of the new carpet what are you going to do about it and the answer is nothing nothing i very clearly am not in charge here other great excitement we're going out tonight we're going out tonight i don't know about anybody else i've kind of i think i've forgotten how to go out a little bit combination of obviously having children and then pandemic i feel like i've almost forgotten how to go i'll be asleep by about half past eight i reckon and then i was thinking like there's such a difference isn't there the difference between going out can vaguely remember it's a long time ago now I can like vaguely remember what it was like going out before I had children god it's so fucking spontaneous wasn't it you could just on a whim go should we go out tonight where don't mind doesn't matter let's just go out let's see how the mood takes us you could phone up friends other friends who didn't have children they would also be free and available to make spontaneous plans with you I cannot imagine being spontaneous about going out now. Now, I mean, going to the fucking supermarket is like a military operation, let alone a night out. I feel like I've got one of those, like, field commander plans drawn up, you know, sort of like babysitters on one line and venues and then kind of like cross-checking with other people's diaries because we we all seem to have gone very quickly from we're in lockdown, we're doing nothing to we're out of lockdown, we're doing fucking everything, everything, every night is booked up till the end of time. I don't even know what I'm doing, but I feel like I'm doing something. But yeah, I feel that the um, the, the spontaneity, that's, that's gone, isn't it? That's definitely gone. Yeah, it is like a, a military operation. And and then I can I can vividly remember in my early 20s, like if I was going out that night, I might start getting ready. Lunch, I mean, I might go as far as to get up, you know, sort of late morning, lunchtime maybe, and, you know, sort of sit around in my dressing gown and watch, like, Saturday morning TV. And then I might start getting ready from then on. You know, I can remember, like, taking baths that took an hour and nobody came and took a shit in the toilet next to me while I was having a bath. Can you imagine that experience? I mean, to be fair, my children are now at an age where they do no longer come and shit on the toilet next to me. They have been known to wander in while I'm in the bath, have a massive fart, and then walk out again. I don't know if that makes it better or worse. It's probably a bit better. Gosh, there's a side of parenting, isn't it, that we see that as a sign of success. Only farted and didn't follow through while I was having a nice relaxing bath. I felt so chilled. I did. I felt so relaxed. But yeah, I would have like a bath and I can remember like spending, I don't know, an hour painting my nails. It's like another world, isn't it? It's like another time. It's, yes, it's unfathomable. I mean, today, if I'm lucky, in between putting up the Christmas decorations and feeding the kids and feeding the cats and getting the house to a vaguely presentable state, I might manage to put a clean top on. I say that I am also going to have to sort out my eye makeup because optimistically, Beth obviously played a match this morning and it looked quite nice out. But And when I say it looked quite nice out, what I mean is it didn't look like I was walking out into Storm Arwen, which was last week's games, to the point... I, you know, I didn't even bother to layer up what a twat. I only wore one pair of socks. What a fucking dick. So consequently, I got to the football pitch. And for a very brief moment, I was like, oh, this is lovely. And then 
because who who even says that the wind was like ha ha and came roaring back in in force um, as anybody who wears a lot of eye makeup will probably know if it's windy when you're out i mean it's game over it's literally game over i mean never mind me sobbing at nativity i looked like i was hysterical at watching like this group of girls running around playing football because i had makeup plastered into the side of my face i look like my eyeliner has been sandblasted into my cheeks don't know if you heard a crash from upstairs just then again not a professional podcaster one of my children made a crash i can hear them walking around so i'm assuming they're all right as long as i haven't as long as i haven't fucking damaged the new carpet that's all we're that's all we're worried about that's all we're worried about so yeah so i have probably got to de-infiltrate the black eyeliner from my cheek because i mean there's there's the goth look and the emo look and then there's looking like you've fallen face first into a coal scuttle and that is that is roughly the look that I'm rocking round about now and it occurs to me as I'm saying this because I haven't looked into a mirror since I came back from football because I thought I'd sort that out later I've been to the dump this afternoon and the the guys at the dump were very generous to me in terms of helping me unload the car and now I know why because they probably thought that I needed some kind of I don't know some kind of professional help properly so yeah might manage to put a clean top on in between making the kids dinner and asking many existential questions, which are usually centred around Father Christmas this time of year, and hard to answer, right? Because stranger danger is very real. So how are we as adults so comfortable with some random old bloke in a red hat walking into our kids' rooms in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve night? Answer me that. To be fair, it's it's no longer an issue for, for us, because obviously my kids are now at an age where, however much I've tried to keep it going, Jamie makes no secret the fact that he knows that Father Christmas in his mind, is not real. Obviously, Santa's real, kids. Santa is real. And if you don't believe in the magic of Christmas, then where will you be? But Jamie doesn't believe anymore. And Beth, and I've shared this story on here before, Beth, I mean, most kids work out that Father Christmas isn't real by their mate tells them in the playground or they they just kind of suss it out. No, Beth is so much more dangerously clinical than that. And so it was maybe two years ago, and it was summer, it was June, this is important, it was June, and I was sitting on the sofa doing some work one evening, and Beth came in and she said to me, can you write down Christmas on a piece of paper? And it's not unusual for her to ask me to come in and write down words because she was wanting spelling and stuff, so without thinking, I wrote down the word Christmas, and she went thanks and she went away. Two minutes later she was back, and in her hands, we're in June, let me just remind you of that, she's clutching the piece of paper with the word Christmas on, that I had written, and the Christmas letter that father christmas had written the previous christmas six months ago in which father christmas had also written the word christmas look at this she said to me i've worked it out i said what What have you worked out she said look how you formed these letters here it's exactly the same as father christmas you're father christmas aren't you my god it's like living with a member of mi5 i tell you so yeah so so yeah the the unmasking of christmas father christmas has definitely definitely taken place in our house but as i always say you've got to believe in the magic got to believe in the christmas magic and hopefully have some reassurance that no, an old man isn't going to just wander into your room, unless you've got random elderly relatives staying, in which case, who knows what's going to happen. I also think the other thing about going out pre, pre-children pre is you kind of, despite the spontaneity, you, there was kind of like a nice predictability, like you knew you were going to take ages to get ready and probably nothing was going to interrupt that. You knew that you'd probably have your mates around for, for some pre-drinking before you went out, and again, that'd be a nice chilled session. Nobody was going to be late, nobody was going to be stuck waiting for the babysitter. And then once you have kids, all of that goes completely out of the window. And I think the the going out experience that perhaps best crystallised this for me was when Jamie was very small. It was before Beth was born. And I was friends with the group of girls that I'd done NCT classes with. And as lots of, lots of NCT classes do, we kept in touch. And we decided, and it would have been... So Jamie would have been... How old would you have been? It must have been two. Yeah, it must have been two because it must have been just before I got pregnant with Beth. 
we decided that we were going to go out. It was this time of year, it was Christmas, and we were just going to go, we weren't going to go wild, we were just going to go to the pub up the road, have a meal and have a few drinks. And so it was the Friday, and I didn't work Fridays then, and so I'm a little bit naive. I was like, wow, I can do what I used to do and spend ages getting ready. Fool, fool, fucking idiot, fool. And Mr. I know I need to stop talking, he was on his way back from work, and so I went upstairs, and at the time we had a big loft conversion, and we had an ensuite up there. And so I ran the bath for Jamie, and I put Jamie into the bath, and he was, you know, quite happy to sit in there and play with his toys, and whenever I tell the story, I always worry that people think I'm irresponsible over the health and safety implications, so just to be really clear, the ensuite was right next to my getting ready area, I could see into the bathroom and see Jamie in the bathroom where I was, however, foolishly, I could also slip slightly out of sight from Jamie, and that was when it all went horribly wrong, so I felt safe to do so, because he was chatting away, so I could hear him, I knew he was fine, and so I slipped around the corner to just straighten my hair, listening to him, calling out to him, are you okay Jamie, yeah, he's having a, he was having a lovely time, I thought, oh he seems so happy, I've never heard him so happy in the bath, never heard him so happy, so I carried on sitting there, straightened my hair, I'd done my makeup, I had a new top, I had sparkly shoes, I looked lovely, I looked genuinely lovely, I was looking in the mirror going, I look lovely, and at about this point I had the door go downstairs, and my stepdaughter arrived, she was spending the weekend with us, and she, she came upstairs and I said, hi, how are you doing? I said, well, Jamie's in the bath, if you want to go see her, we could hear him, la la la, having a lovely time, chatting away. And so she walked through the doorway to the ensuite bathroom, and then she backed out really quickly, and she went, ah, I said, is everything all right? She went, have you seen in there? I said, no. And she sort of pointed in the kind of appalled like slightly entertained horror that people sometimes have on their face and I walked through the door and I've never seen anything like it it was like I don't know I mean the the phrase dirty protest doesn't cover up even slightly what was going on in this bathroom it looked like hell had descended inside my bathroom Jamie basically had taken upon it upon himself while he was in the bath to take a shit okay he's a little kid it happens because I hadn't intervened Jamie thought, what perfect opportunity to play with my shit. It was fucking everywhere. There was poo up the walls, there was poo on the floor, there was poo on the towels, there was poo all over Jamie's, like rubbing it in his hair, going, Mummy, Mummy! And I stood there for a minute and thought, where the fuck is the proper grown-up to come and deal with this situation? Because this is horrific, this is hell! This is hell in my bathroom right now! And then I realised the proper grown-up was me. It was going to be me. I was going to have to clear up the poo. So I took off my sparkly shoes and I took off my lovely top and I clipped my beautifully straightened hair up and I rolled up my sleeves and retching as I did so, I cleaned that entire bathroom and Jamie from top to bottom. I've never seen so much poo in my life. By the time I'd done that, Mr. I know I need to stop talking and come home and I looked like some kind of like, I've been through some kind of like traumatic experience by that point. He was like, you're right. I was like, just don't, don't, I'm going out now, I'm going out. My hair was straightened no more, because, you know, I've got the kind of hair and girls with curly hair will recognise this. You straighten it. There's a drop of moisture in the air. That's it. Poof, you are Monica from Friends when she goes abroad. And that is me every time my hair meets moisture. So as you can imagine, after 45 minutes in a sweaty, stinking bathroom, my hair was straight no more. I wore a hat to the pub that night. I just put on a bobble hat. I thought, fuck it. I can't be asked. I just want to go out and drink a lot of wine. And while I was waiting in the bar, the man said to me, oh, you're in a hat. You a bit cold. I said, you have no idea. You have no idea. So I'm hoping at least that I won't have to spend tonight before I go out clearing up loads of shit. But with the cats and the kids, I mean, never say never. Never say never, even slightly. 
And then, you know, again before, like, because you used to go out regularly, didn't you? So it wasn't really an event. It was kind of like having a nice chill out with my friends, with pacing ourselves. Now it is the last fucking days of Rome. It's like, we may not get to, you know, combination of children plus lockdown. We may not get to this again. We need to party like it's 1999, which probably was the last time I had enough energy to fucking party. We are absolutely going for it, hell for leather. You can always spot, I think when you go out and you see groups of slightly older middle-aged adults partying like they've been unleashed and I just think yes you you have children you have small children and you've been let out and the thing is back then of course we were young we were in our 20s we could hold our drink we could do that now no I mean now I I kind of I, I get used to having a drink at home and I've got a you know I've got a measure and I know how much I'm drinking and everything and then I'm a bit tired I switch to cups of cups of mint tea and then I'm probably in bed by 10 but when you're out all rules go out the window and yeah you will if you're not careful find yourself in the toilets talking to completely random strangers about the hell of childbirth and you know even going as far as to do crazy things like offering to show them your episiotomy scar that kind of thing happens when you're out it's like, just like, they should warn you post-childbirth, you are fucking liability and probably should not be allowed out by yourself anymore. And then you've got the next day, haven't you? After all that, like, unfettered drinking and back in the day, didn't matter. You could sleep till 12. You could sleep till 12, wake up with no hangover because you're in the blooms of youth and you didn't even think hangovers were something that people got. Oh, you fucking young, naive twat. And then you could do it all over again. You could get ready to go out again. Whereas now... Oh, God, now well, you're up at the crack of dawn, aren't you? You're up regardless, either because your kids are waking you up or because, as everybody knows, once you've had small children, you lose the ability completely to sleep past 6am. So you're lying there in the horrors, lying in bed, staring at the ceiling, thinking, what did I do? What did I do? Where was I? What did I do? What did I do to embarrass myself? Who did I offer to show my episiotomy scar to last night? Dear God. And you sit there in the horrors and then, you know, if your children are really small, they'll leap on your head and, like, smash you in the skull with their plastic Tommy Tippy cup. Oh, I'm so glad the days of Tommy Tippy cups are over. Or if they're larger, they'll insist on you getting up and taking them to whatever fun Sunday morning activity they have to do. It's hell. It's hell. So I'm completely sitting here thinking that I am planning to be very sensible and have like one drink and then have some mint tea and then be home and in bed by 10 because I've got to be pitch side for half past nine tomorrow morning and I'm almost certainly going to fail absolutely fucking miserably and do you know what I reckon I'm going to have a fucking brilliant time doing it so bring it on bring it fucking on so yeah that's my great excitement so I'll come back and tell you all about it next week and we'll see whether I was able to be sensible and pace myself and wake up fresh and bright and breezy tomorrow morning and also see you know just how good a hangover cure it is standing on the side of a freezing cold football pitch, still unable to feel your own vagina. I mean, fucking hell. I'm pretty certain it's not going to feature in a book of hangover cures anytime soon. Anyway, whether you're celebrating Christmas just yet, or whether you're not in the party spirit, whether you don't celebrate Christmas at all, or whether you're... I mean, like, the other thing to be smug about, I've actually done some Christmas shopping. I never do Christmas shopping early, but i tell you why. It's because Mr. I know I need to stop talking. Again, super organised. Not only has he bought all of his Christmas presents, he's fucking wrapped them. I need to get my shit into gear. But first of all, I'm just going to go and get out as much fucking tacky, tinsley, Christmassy, pink, sparkly joy as I can. And the Nana Cook suite will look as tacky as Christmas has come and I shall fucking love it. Look after yourselves, my loves. Stay safe. Take care. I will see you next week. Lots of love. Bye bye.